What's up, loves? This is Love or Obsession. I'm Queen. So y'all know I go in the direction the spirit leads me in. And twins been on my mind heavy lately, you guys. Um, so today I'll be talking about the silent twins, June and Jennifer Gibbons, um, Caribbean family from Barbados um, to the United Kingdom. Um, they, their parents were Gloria and Aubrey Gibbons. They made that move in the early 1960s as part of the Windrush generation. And that's just after World War II, the government encouraged African Caribbeans to migrate to North America, Europe, and especially the United States, Canada, the United Kingdom, France, and the Netherlands. Um, so after World War II, a lot of people from over in the Caribbean islands, they was encouraged to migrate and make that move, you know, out of their home countries. Um, I guess because of lack there was um, as a better life. That's why everybody moved forward, right? Okay, so Gloria was a housewife and Aubrey worked as a technician for the Royal Air Force. Um, the twins had an older sister named Greta. She was born in 1957. The twins also had an older brother as well. His name was David. He was born in 1959. And June Gibbons and Jennifer Gibbons was born April 11, 1963 at a military hospital in Aden, Yemen. Um, and that's Afro-Arab, okay? Um, their father was deployed there for his position in the military in 1974. The family relocated to England. Um, the twins had a speech delay when they were born. Um, and when they did speak, no one understood their language, um, not even mom, dad, or siblings. So the twins stuck close to each other. Their family was the only black family in their community. Um, they got bullied. Um, and this was especially hard on the twins. Um, they were released from school early to avoid the harsh treatments of their classmates um, because they spoke to no one. Um, I think Okay, so maybe they got bullied for being like one of the only black families in a community, if not the only black family in a community. But they mostly, especially, got bullied. The twins did for they silent silentness. Um, because June, she was doing an interview and she was just basically saying that the kids was like us to say to them like, oh, you're not talking. Basically, like, y'all think y'all too good to talk to us. So that's why they mostly got bullied for. Um, they spoke to no one. They felt as if they didn't need to speak to anyone. They had each other. June said that the more people pride them to speak, the more silent they became. Um, okay. Um, so... So they was able to leave school early to avoid that harsh treatment. So June and Jennifer had a younger sister named Rose who they spoke to besides each other because Rose actually shared a bedroom with them. Rose described their bedroom as a very large room um, full of Barbie dolls, full of dolls, period. They had a huge cupboard that they kept all the dolls in. And you'll see that um, later in the story, the dolls play a major role. For the twins um, because they created a whole little world with those dolls. As the girls withdrew more into themselves, they started communicating by mimicking and mirroring each other's movements. Um, I could be wrong, but I think that it was Jennifer that was like the leader of the two. Um, 
June and Jennifer's impassive behavior had gotten them into counseling sessions sessions um, at school. And they totally shut down, refusing to rewrite. And all the therapist attempts with the girls were unsuccessful. So the twins were sent to a separate boarding school in an attempt to break the silence. But the twins just went deeper into themselves. And that's what I was just basically saying, because um, Joan was giving an interview. Um, and she, cause I, you know, something I'm talking like y'all probably heard this story before and I'm pretty sure y'all have, um, cause I myself heard this story a long, long time ago when I was still a child myself, my older sister, Jennifer used to try to get me into all type of books and reading. And she even tried to talk to me about the Marilyn Monroe, um, Kennedy's conspiracy and stuff when I was a kid. And I'm like, girl, what the hell is you talking about? <laughs> I actually didn't get into reading you guys until like, until I became a mother, actually, like my early 20s, um, I stayed at home a lot. I read a lot of urban fiction and I used to run through them books. But when I was a kid, reading was it, it wasn't my jam. Like I knew how to read. I just didn't. And my sister used to try to present me with these 300 page thick books and all this stuff. So I said, read it. It's interesting. Don't be fooled by the, you know, capacity of it. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> No. And so now that I'm into all this stuff, she kind of strayed away from it. Like she's not into all this stuff. She's not even into all the writing and poetry that I told y'all she used to do. So funny how them tables be turning, huh? But yeah, um, June in her interview, she was just basically, um, well, the parents, Gloria and Aubrey, they basically said they noticed a lot of times before a decision was made or anytime somebody said anything to the twins, June to kind of look at Jennifer or Jennifer look at June and look at each other to see how they will respond. I think it all started out as a game for them when they were kids and when they were young, it was fun to mess with people and be silent. Um, that silentness became a habit for them. And then as they got older and they wanted to branch off and do their own things and have their own individual personalities, I kind of made an observation too that June was the twin that was more open to being an individual and open to change and doing things different as opposed to Jennifer was that twin that felt like they was twins. Everything had to be on one accord and synchronized with each other and everything that they did. So that's probably why June kind of looked to Jennifer a lot as far as the movements and the actions that they would take when they were just schoolgirls. Because something that started off as them being annoyed just turned into this whole thing that they just did um being silent with people like because they spoke english the language that they spoke it was like a sped up creole i think I, i'm wrong by saying a sped up creole but it was a sped up african language oh my god i just said it wrong again but it was a sped up language that they were speaking when in actuality they actually could speak english too and june said that that was one of the things that they got teased by by some of their schoolmates saying like what's wrong with you you can't speak english and but they actually could because june was saying that it got to the point where people couldn't understand them so much even their mother they knew what each other was saying but other people didn't know what each other was what they were saying so she was saying like if they don't understand us now they'll never understand us so that was kind of the mentality that they had when they got into the habit of not speaking so once they were reunited um so the girls you know and it got so it got so crucial this whole not speaking development 
that, you know, counselors and therapists got involved. Um, they was really trying to crack a code, trying to figure out what's wrong with the twins, what's wrong with these girls and why they just won't speak. So they got separated. They felt like if they went to different boarding schools, then maybe they would open up and interact more. But the girls just went deeper into themselves, falling into trances, going on hunger strikes, not eating, um, making themselves sick. And it seems that that separation just kind of bonded them closer because they both was mimicking these same things in separate territories. So that's real wild, huh? Okay, so once the twins were re reunited, they and oh, okay, you guys, because I was saying too, like, um, I'm pretty sure that a lot of people have heard this story, but this is me telling the story again, you guys, for people that haven't heard the story of the silent twins, June and Jennifer Gibbons. And also, if you want to go deeper into the story, or if you want to hear the story from different aspects, there's other podcasters out there too that's telling this story or have already told the story. And if you want to know who those podcasters is, you just go to any place where you listen to your favorite podcast, um, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, whatever, and you just type in the Silent Twins and it should give you a list of all the podcasters that have done this story. Okay, you guys? Okay, so once the twins were reunited, they spent most, if not all, their time inside their bedroom. They created plays and stories, um, real soap opera style with their dolls. They, you, they, The twins could read and write. They were scholars and they were storytellers. Some stories were read aloud on tape for Rose, their little sister. Um, and some stories they just wrote in their journals. They had years and years of journals and um, different stories and just different things that they um, chronicled on a daily basis. But Rose, the, their younger sister, said that it got to a point where they even stopped talking to her, like flat out. Um, some stories, like I said, were read aloud on tape for Rose, and some stories just kept strictly in their journal. On Christmas in 1979, Joan and Jennifer received a pair of diaries for gifts, and they both began writing, and they became authors. Through the mail, they took, a, they took a creative writing course. They both kept extensive personal diaries and wrote a variety of stories, poems, and novels. Um, <laughs> oh, I put in my notes. I took that pause because I put in my notes. I had to read that line. I said that... <laughs> I said, I talk so much, my twin would have been slapping the shit out of me for talking to other people. <laughs> because that was that was the silent twin thing. They didn't talk to anybody else besides the two of them, like besides to each other. They didn't speak. Um, and I said, my twin would have been slapping the shit out of me because I talked so much. I, I knew I would have talked to somebody else, but no. But that's dedication, y'all. You got to admire that dedication. Um and and you know something I used to think a long time when I used to go through my bouts of um deep depression I used to be so silent. I used to be so silent so much that when I actually started talking, my voice would be all hoarse and stuff. And I used to think to myself like, oh, I could be quiet for the rest of my life like a monk in a monastery or something, but I can't. And I, I don't and because I feel like talking is one of the gifts that God gave me, you know, how they always say Gemini's got the gift of the gab and all that stuff. Um, and I don't ever want to, you know, 
disrespect or disregard any gift that I think was God given by saying that I can go the rest of my life for not by not talking or whatever. Um, because I can't and I wouldn't even want to, you know, um, even though, you know, that voice in your head, you can express yourself in other creative ways because there's no disrespect for people, you know, that was born with, you know, disabilities or anything. And they don't talk, you know, like it's not even an option for them. So no disrespect for that. Because you guys, I always think about stuff like that. Like as far as, look, talking about cosmetic surgery. Because I used to always think about like, you know, would I get a boob job or a BBL or or even a nose job? I used to always think about like I, I get my nose done or whatever because I always didn't like it because it was just so big. My uncle used to call me country nose and all that stuff. And then as I got older, I started to embrace the things about myself that I wasn't so comfortable with. That's that whole being true to yourself, being honest with yourself. And it's like, yeah, when I'm pregnant, my nose spreads so fat it looked like a bell pepper and I end up looking like Fiona Shrek's wife or something like that but it's the way that God made me and I'm gonna love myself because I mess around and get a nose job and my freaking nasal cavities collapse or some shit like that because I'm not being happy with the way that God made me okay you guys back to the story okay so um they took a creative writing course through the mail um and I said my twin would have been slapping me for talking to other people Okay, and and I said I noticed that the twins, that twins, not even just um June and Jennifer, but twins, period, be a little aggressive with each other, like kicking each other's ass. Like I'd have heard a few stories. I just heard a podcast over the weekend, a story about some Maui twins, um, Maui yoga twins, um, and they used to kick each other's ass and pull each other's hair out. And actually getting back to the fact when I was saying that June and Jennifer, it seemed like June kind of would embrace that difference between them. But Jennifer was saying, no, we twins, we identical, we got to do everything the same. It's actually some Instagram identical twins, some Instagram models. And one of them definitely, they have that June and Jennifer personality where one of them want to do different things and open the change. And the other one is just like, no, we are identical twins. We have to do everything the same. We have to look exactly the same. We have to have the exact same tattoos, the exact same body weight. Our hair has to be the same what like that that's what she was saying and she even said as far as i don't give a damn that they was real so the, i don't give a damn what they was twins are saying that she wasn't mad sleeping with the same guys as her twin and everything y'all so and that them twins run deep like I think they special in their own right, but they special as individuals also. And people get so caught up in lumping twins together and looking at them as one and not even respecting them as individuals. And I think that's something that twins always want to be looked at and respected as an individual in addition to being a twin. Um, the twins were in their late teens when they started experimenting with drugs and alcohol. They called themselves liking boys at that time. Um, in 1981, they committed a number of crimes, including vandalism, theft, and arson. Um, June even wrote in her diary that she was ready to burn the whole city up. She got, and she even um, spoke on a time where she admitted to 
pushing her sister in like a lake or something because she was just so frustrated with it. She they, that's all they told each other that they just wanted to kill each other. They just wanted the um, the other one to die out, like go die somewhere because they felt like if the other one was gone, then they can be a whole individual. And it's just real sad that they thought like that too. I feel like they were silent for so long as kids thinking that it was a game, looking at it as a game that they actually probably created mental health issues for themselves. Um, because the the arts and the crimes got them admitted to Broadmoor Hospital, a high security mental health health hospital. They were there for 11 years. Um, <clears throat> they were there for 11 years. Um, now, June and Jennifer were silent, but they had a lot of personality. Um, June wrote a novel titled Pepsi Cola Attic, where the where the main character um, was a high school hero seduced by a teacher, then sent the way to um, a reformatory where a homosexual guard makes a play for him. And Jennifer wrote a story called Disco Mania, the story of a young woman who discovers that the atmosphere of a local disco incites patrons to insane violence. And she also wrote The Pugilist, Pugilist um, where, a physician, where a physician is so eager to save his child's life that he kills the family dog to obtain his hearts for a transplant. The dog's spirit lives on in the child and ultimately, ultimately has his revenge against the father. So, okay, Jennifer was the more scarier twin. <laughs> it seemed like June was more aggressive because she admitted herself that she incited some of the violence, but Jennifer was real scary, you know, um, getting inside her man. But now they're writing, but now they're writing shows that they wasn't silent and vacant. Um, people always associate people being different with a disability. What June said about them being silent was that th was that they knew what they were saying, but no one else could basically, you know, understand them. So they got tired of repeating themselves. She said, if y'all don't understand us now, you won't understand us later. She said that they just got used to being silent. It became a habit. So in a mental hospital, they were going through a thing. They felt like they were being discriminated against. Um, speaking about their arson charge, they said that a regular juvenile would have got two years. They got the sentence they got, be which was an indefinite um, stay at the mental hospital. That's what they were sentenced to. A stay at the mental hospital indefinite. That's what the sentence was. But they served 11 years there. They got the sentence they got because they didn't speak. Um, in June, and, and that's what I was saying about being in a mental hospital where a lot of criminals like to do that insanity plea when they feel like it's better for them to go to a mental hospital as opposed to going to prison. Gen Jennifer, well, June said that her and Jennifer was getting tranquilizers once every week on top of other medication that they did not need because they were so silent. And that was the part of the treatment that they was receiving, a, receiving in the hospital. So I feel like if they didn't have a disability, then maybe this probably could have done something to them mentally. I don't know. But getting tranquilizers every week when it's not even nothing wrong with you, you just don't speak. I don't understand the um the um municipal purpose behind that. Um I'm not a doctor though, y'all, so don't chew me up and spit me out, okay? Um 
they spread a lot of malice towards each other too, blaming each other for not having individual lives. They wrote angrily about each other, wishing to be free of that twin bond. It was said that they made a pact that once they were released from the hospital, Jennifer would die so June can live, like get married and have a children, can have a full life. Um, what they felt was entrapped to each other. I don't know, you guys, um, how they came up with Jennifer having to be the one to die. I don't know that either. It wasn't any poison found in Jennifer's system. On the way from one hospital, their last day at Broadmoor, they were transferring to another hospital. Um, Jennifer rested her head on June's shoulder and died from an inflamed heart. Um, but she wasn't sick at all. It's her death is considered a spooky mystery. It was a book published in 1986 called The Silent Twins. A journalist named Marjorie Wallace wrote it. According to Wallace, June and Jennifer had a long-standing agreement that if one died, the other must begin to speak and live a normal life. During their stay at the hospital, they began to feel like it was necessary for one of them to die. And after much discussion, Jennifer agreed to make that sacrifice. The transfer was taking place March of 1993. Um, at an inquest, June said that Jennifer had been acting strange for about a day before their release. Um, she said that Jennifer's speech was slurred and that she was dying. And Jennifer stated that she was dying on the way to the new hospital, Jennifer slept in June's lap with her eyes wide open, um, and she passed away shortly after arriving to the hospital. Now, this next statement is something else. Um, Wallace said upon Jennifer's death, she said that she visited June and who was in a strange mood, saying that she's free at last, liberated at last. Jennifer has given her life um, for June. Jennifer has given her life up for June, and it's, um, okay, so June sat down and did interviews with Harper Bazaar in The Guardian magazine. By 2008, she was living quietly and independently in West Wales, um, United Kingdom, um, and I know y'all probably heard, and like I said, I know y'all probably heard of the Silent Twins, um, and I, like I also stated, my sister Jennifer told me about them a long time ago. Um, and now, okay, so you guys, thanks a lot for listening today, um, listening to today's story. I will be back next Tuesday with another story. Pictures can be found on Instagram at Love or Obsession Podcast. Please send all messages and suggestions to loveorobsessionpodcast at gmail.com. I love y'all. It's Queen. Peace out.